1: Hello, hello, hello. Hello,
2: hello, hello, hello. Another game of Where in the World is Isabel Truman has begun. Is foot and me. And
1: you. I didn't even know you'd gone to Stockholm, Sweden. I was like, <laughs> bumped into Zach on the weekend and was like, where's Grace? And he was like, she's in Sweden. I was like, oh my God. Stockholm syndrome. But now I... I'm in New York and God, I love it here. Honestly, New York just has that crazy energy.
2: It's the best fucking city. Think? It's the best. I know whenever you go, any, it's a thing that whenever you go anywhere in the world, you're like, I meant to live here. I want to live here because you just see it for two days and only the good sides. Like I came back yesterday. I was like, I want to live in Stockholm, but New York, especially every time I'm in New York, I'm like, I'm just supposed to live here. It's a different version of Grace O'Neill that could have come alive in these streets.
1: I think New Yorkers, York is like the top of the ladder for that though because it's it's. I've never felt like that. I never feel like this in any other city in the way that I do in New York and that, I think that's why New Yorkers are such – they're in such a cult about it, which I actually hate. Like I hate how New Yorkers are just like, it's the best city in the world but – it just is. Death just is. It just is. <laughs> I went outside and got an iced coffee and walked down the street and I was so jolly. And some man walked in front of me and he was like, sorry, miss. And I was like, no worries, honestly. No worries. Have a great day, sir. And if someone did that to me anywhere else, I would shoot them. Death stares. I'm such an evil, horrible bitch with humans that I don't know in those situations.
2: I feel like the older I get, my appetite for... This is an interesting question because so I was thinking about this yesterday. When I was young, I was so nice, like, to, pe- to people. So my example is a woman, a kind of frazzled older woman, was getting the train from Heathrow yesterday and she said, does this train go to Paddington? And I said, yes. And then when she got on the train, she kept kind of looking at me and I smiled at her and she goes, oh, big smiley face. I'll sit down next to you. And I was like, you're fucking using my smile against me and she just sat down next to me and talked to me like the whole 40 minute train ride and then kept being like are you sure Big it goes smiley here?
1: face yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> but then I she started asking me questions and I talked to her a little bit and I was polite but then I was like I don't want to talk to this woman for 45 minutes I just don't and I'm not rude for not continuing the conversation and constantly asking questions so I kind of chatted to her a little bit and then I just like got on my phone and was looking and in the past I would have felt so guilty and so mean about that but I feel like I'm at an age now where I don't – I recognize that more as people-pleasing than me being nice. Like, I, I don't think I was yeah. doing that from a necessary nice place.
1: For sure. And there are times when you feel like doing that and times when you don't, and that's mm. also completely fine as long as you're not being – it's like an Ubers. Mm-hmm. I, I always feel really guilty when I get in a really chatty Uber and – am not engaging with them but it's like sometimes you get in an uber and you're fucking rushing to a work meeting you're really busy you've got shit you need to do you're in the back of a car trying to like organize stuff and then you have someone just being like chat 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 chat
2: Mm -hmm. they're not just correct because they want to chat like they're not in the right
1: (laughs) yeah yes (laughs) But um, it's quite funny because we were just off off mic and then I was like, we should bring this on here, discussing our recent plane passenger situation. So yours is far more extreme than mine. Mm. But I want to actually take it back and start with when I went to London, um, whatever, last week. And I was on, I was at Heathrow and there's this group of men, a group, a gaggle of men. And I was like, they are a famous band. No ifs or buts about it. They were just trendy, they were hot in like a fuck boyish way and they were very confident. I was like, they're not some up and comers. Mm-hmm. And then because as a little treat to myself, I think when I booked my flights to move to LA, the return flight was like $200 more to buy premium. Gorgeous. So as a little treat for my future self, which I was like, I never do that. And I love myself so much for doing that. I was in premium and I was surprised and had forgotten that happened. And then they all got on and they were in premium as well. And I was looking at them being like, how can I figure out who you guys are? And there were other girls in the airport taking photos of them and stuff. Anyway, get on the plane and I'm seated next to one of them. And I was like, oh, great. I was the chatty woman on the train. (laughs) And I was like trying to kind of speak to him. And he literally, Grace, literally looked me up and down. I did look crazy to be fair. And put his hoodie up and turned away from me.
2: It's like the closest you can get on a plane to walking away and sitting on another seat.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I, feel in t- I feel in two minds about that because that is rude, but...
1: But fair enough.
2: On a plane, it's so hard because you, pre- you set the precedent early and it's a long fucking mm-hmm. haul. So if you're a bit too chatty, you're taking a risk because a person might want to just keep talking to you through the flight and there's nowhere you can go. You can't make an excuse, but he still sounds like a dig.
1: And then I found out after that it was... The Voids and it's Julian Casablanca who's the lead singer of The Strokes' new band and they were going to Primavera to play.
2: God, he's hot.
1: <laughs> well, then I, got, I saw my friend put up a close friend's story and said she got rizzed by Julian Casablancas, and that in Gen Z TikTok terms is hit on. I means hit on.
2: How old is he now? He's got to be past the Gen Z... Heading on,
1: <laughs> yeah, surely not. He's a rock star. An
2: investigation into Julian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I reckon what would he be like 40 something. Remember, and last Primavera, he was with devon wasn't he with devon Lee Carlson? Yeah, it was like a big investigation that we had into that. We <laughs> so did the girl with the red realization pa dress.
2: He's 44, I guess that's fine.
1: Yeah, and she'd be like 24, which is <laughs> mm,
2: it's borderline
1: kind of normal in those
2: yeah there was a tiktok that was like circles. it's so troubling that chris Evans. I, I know it's stupid to talk about these things because they are just made by dumb teenagers for dumb teenagers but it was like so concerned that chris evans brackets 41 has a 25 year old fiance and everyone was like that's completely normal yes <laughs> brackets. two two adults two consensual adults
1: Tell us about your plane situation.
2: Oh yeah. So we were, we were delayed a couple of times and this, um, guy was behind me and he was just annoying, like loud, obnoxious, bragging, saying that he'd been flown out to Stockholm.
1: You were like me too, bitch.
2: Yes. Me too, bitch. And also this is like so obnoxious, but I was, my ticket was business class cause it was a work trip and I was so excited. And then I got on the plane and because it's like a tiny little into Europe flight, I don't even know what is the selling, the calling card for business class because you're on the
1: same seats. It's the same thing. It's just like, it's just like at the front of the plane, right? Yes. No gap.
2: (laughs) On the BA one, you get a a space at least. No gap. And it was, I was like the furthest row back. I was like row seven. So I just thought if I'd paid for this myself, all I got was a salmon salad for my trouble. (laughs) And the guy was behind and he was just talking about how he'd been flown out. And he was like this big wig and blah, blah, blah. And he was just so annoying. And he kept kicking. He was stretching his legs out under the seat. And they kept kicking the back of mine. Just so annoying. Terrible, terrible man. And then... The flight had been delayed, so everyone was kind of just a bit over it because they kept delaying and stopping and stopping and starting. And then we got onto the tarmac and they said, okay, we've just got to sit on the tarmac for a while. And then he just starts yelling and being like, for fuck's sake, this is so fucking annoying. Blah, blah, blah.
1: Is he British? Um,
2: yeah, I could only hear him, but yeah, he was British. And he was basically like just complaining and getting on the phone and calling people on the phone and just being so annoying, loud. And he said, I'm just going to stop. He was like, I'm just going to get out my vape and start vaping on this plane so they kick me off and I'll walk from the tarmac. I don't even care. And I was like, the fact that you think that that is a cool and interesting thing to loudly say is crazy. And then they said we're going to be stuck on the tarmac. But he didn't seem like a psycho. He just seemed annoying. And then we were stuck on the tarmac for, and they said it's going to be another five minutes or something. And then he punches, fully punches <laughs> The seat in front of him, which is my seat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is Grace O'Neill.
2: And I kind of like, like it didn't hurt or anything, but I kind of lurched forward in my seat. And I just yeah. go, I just go, Jesus Christ. I just like yelled <laughs> it out because <laughs> I was so shocked. <laughs> and there was this cute like dad next to me. And he, he obviously knew it was fucked and wanted to intervene, but also knew he was smaller than this I was man. Scared. <laughs> I was scared. Because in that moment, you don't know if they're fully psycho or just a bit psycho. And I almost felt like this guy just did it knee-jerk like a fucking man, baby. And then realized what he did immediately. I could feel the energy of him being like, what the fuck? But he didn't say sorry or anything. He just kind of sat there. And the man next to me was like, are you okay? And he was like, don't do that. (laughs) He kind of like turned around and told the guy off. (laughs) So sweet. And then just the vibe on the plane was so just awkward and tense. And I was like hunched forward in case he p- punched again. Casey in
1: case he assaulted you again. he
2: assaulted me.
1: Did the, yeah, hostesses not see.
2: They didn't see because everyone was seated because it was like seatbelt. Everyone, the seatbelt mm-hmm. sign was still seat on. Belt time. I definitely wasn't hurt or scared or anything, but then I was just angry. And then I was thinking about what <laughs> to do with that anger because I wanted to have a confrontation with him, but I was thinking in my head, what what is the right thing to do in that situation? I want to become a more assertive person that's not afraid of, like, conflict with people in public or whatever, just in interpersonal relationships. Like, I think conflict can be very healthy. But I just thought, what is the right thing to do in that situation? Because you don't want to inflame it. It's embarrassing to turn around and tell him off. But then he kind of just got away with it because everyone's too embarrassed.
1: Yeah, and then afterwards you feel that you feel um, shame at yourself. Yes,
2: I was victim blaming myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what is the right thing to do. Um, I feel like turning around and just being like, "Dude, what the fuck? Mm. Like, what is your problem? We're all stuck on this plane. Like, don't punch my fucking seat. It would kind of would be would be a fine response and you'd probably feel good if you did that but then who knows what he'd do next I feel like he wouldn't I don't know I was watching actually to segue into a wreck Mm. Um, I was watching she said on the plane finally Mm. and part of me was just like why did why have neither of us I'm assuming you haven't or any of the girlies watched this film and talked about this film and I think it's because we got so over. we I feel like we know everything about that story already and we love it obviously it's it's Megan Cantor and Jodie wait Jodie
2: Jody and Meg <laughs> Jodie and Meg <laughs> and
1: from the New York Times who uh released the the Me Too story about Harvey Weinstein and kicked off the Me Too movement and it's um showing them doing that and I don't know I was like why have I not seen this film it's fucking great I was Terry at parts Ashley Judd plays herself and at the fucking point, uh, I fucking love Ashley Judd I fucking love her I was halfway through and then I was like oh my god it's Ashley Judd playing Ashley Judd <laughs> I just didn't even like click um but in it she said she's one of the one of the women they were talking to she was one of Weinstein's assistants and he was like trying on with her trying on with her and she said that she would often go for she'd either go for humor or anger and with and either of them she'd pick between them depending on his mood they would work and then she said which is like so fucking dark and such a depraved like segue but she said that when he basically assaulted her colleague she walked up to him in front of steven spielberg and was like you need to come with me right now, like really mm. fucking angry. And he just followed her like a puppy. Mm-hmm. It's like men like that, those aggressive men like that, just, just need to be fucking put in the naughty corner and like screamed at.
2: Yes, they're big babies. That's what this guy was like. He got up and he was this kind of big guy and he just looks like a baby and he was carrying himself like an embarrassed little boy. <laughs> And he, I I looked at him, I stared at him like a few times because we were in like the immigration line together and I saw him looking at me and I looked him straight in the eye and he would look away because you're obviously embarrassed and it's kind of like that Harvey Weinstein thing. I saw a TikTok with (laughs) Gabor Mate, this is like my whole TikTok feed, but about how tantrums, it's like you're unhealed in a child. It's a child who hasn't been taught how to deal with a situation behaving exactly, like knee-jerk behaving exactly how they used yeah. to behave
1: and it's no for sure I was nuts. gonna be like it sounds like he, if you if you yelled at him he'd be like sorry take him back <laughs> yeah yeah sorry take him back to like don't know he's got probably mummy issues
2: yeah
1: um but yeah she said to oh wait actually I want to briefly tell you I also got on the plane and I was in the aisle seat mm. and there were two women in the other seats beside me which is always positive especially when they're kind of younger so one was maybe like mid-20s she was in the window and there was no one in the middle and I was like amazing and then this Italian woman came and got in the middle and she was being so annoying Mm. I was like if you're in the middle seat don't stick both your elbows across both of the fucking things like And then, so I'm hunched up like this because I don't, because it was hot as well. So I didn't have a layer on. So it was my bare arm that kept getting whacked by her bare arm. And I was like, I hate this. It's making me feel really uncomfortable. Stop touching me with your skin. And then, and I was also really, really, really tired because I had like (laughs) the worst sleep of my fucking life last night. It's, it is sunny, bright and fucking sunny at 4am in London at the moment. Yeah. Like I know it because I was wide awake at 4am because it was, the sun was beaming down on the, on the house and um anyway I had the worst sleep so I was like I'm really 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 tired I really need to go to sleep like I'm in New York for work and you know when you're that tired and you're being a baby like mm-hmm. you're like I'm gonna cry that's how tired I am you're like so I punched the seat she kept me, me. <laughs> yes <laughs> I feel for the man and then on me I punched the woman I punch the um <laughs> and then she's she's whacking me with her elbow Ugh. and I'm fully like this trying to sleep I have my neck pillow on my head thingy on um took a melatonin as well, even though it was like midday. My boyfriend was like, don't. And then she waxed her hair around and waxed me in the face. And I literally took my headphones out. And I was like, excuse me, like, Good I'm you. trying to sleep and you keep whacking me. And she was like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then just continued to do it the rest of the flight. Oh but she thought I was crazy. She kept looking at me like... I was a bomb that was about to go off and I was like, yes, bitch.
2: Oh my God. What is, why do so many people not know how to fucking behave in public? Wait, we haven't talked about this. This was the best, the best, uh, today in focus I listened to in so long. It was like months ago. I don't know why I didn't bring it up at the time, but it was basically about how people who work in theaters, specifically in London, the ushers are all traumatized and comedy clubs, basically just spaces in public where the general public is together are all traumatized since the pandemic because everyone is behaving like literal zoo animals and has no idea how to have any basic like human decency in public. And I feel like that's true now. Yeah. There's everyone's post pandemic is acting like the world is their own little playground and have just forgotten how to be normal.
1: Yeah, it's like the patience for situations has have, has really evaporated. Like she, Like that guy was obviously so impatient to be stuck on the plane for 15 minutes that he did that. Even me just being so tired, I just want to sleep. And I have this woman whacking me where if I wasn't that tired and if I had like a jumper on so her skin wasn't touching me, I probably wouldn't have even kid or noticed but then she was kind of annoying like the girl in the fucking aisle tried to get no, up i go, think you're in the right she tried to get up and go to the bathroom and the woman wouldn't get up so the girl had to like scoot across her oh, like, it, and it was it was and then we looked at each other and just like started laughing because i was like what is wrong with you get out of your fucking seat so she can get past
2: you need to have like you know how you have to do license retraining yes every thing is humans need to there needs to be some sort of basic etiquette training that people have to go through because I don't understand how people like that go through life I also think on this theory about people I don't think you were in the wrong at all there and I don't think it was about you being patient I think you were very good to stand up for yourself but my theory is that because in the pandemic everyone had to make personal sacrifices for the greater good Mm. Now no one has an appetite for being nice to each other. <laughs> Everyone just wants to like, but like I did that for three years. Now I'm just suiting my own interest 24-7 all the time. Yeah. And I don't give a fuck.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? But I do notice myself having way less pain. Like I will notice, I think I said this on the podcast already, is I'll notice I'll be in such a grumpy mood that then some, I'll catch someone like smiling at me, a big smile, a big friendly smile. A big
2: friendly, well don't do one of those. And it
1: shocks me out of, I'm, I'm like, whoa. I just realized I was like frowning and huffing and puffing at everyone around me. I hate big cities as well. Yesterday I went for a walk in London and it was just like trying to go for a nice little walk in the morning to get some steps in. And there was fucking like road works everywhere. It was loud. People are walking in your way. I was just like, I hate this. I feel really, like, claustrophobic and can't stop thinking. I can't stop thinking about Hawke's Bay. (laughs) Take me back. I kept going, take me back to Hastings. (laughs) Take me back to Hastings. I'll take the fucking mungle mob over this crowd any day.
2: Yes. I actually, maybe that's what it is. I keep thinking I'm getting older, and because I'm getting older, I'm dropping my feminine coded people pleasing tendencies and I think that's part of it but I think the rest of it is just living in a big city and you just get fed up with people because your your exposure to humanity is so much higher and I think it's because people think they probably will never run into you again they're just dicks yeah like same in similar in New York I don't know if LA is the same at least people seem a bit nicer but they're probably worried everyone's like the casting agent that will give them their big break
1: (laughs) no for sure it also feels really sad when you realize that because you're surrounded as you say by by all these people all the time and things that you would be shocked by or kind of feel more human about you start to like get um dis what's the word you just you dis (laughs) like disassociate yeah yeah. or you you start to just not so basically in LA, when you first get there, you're just like, wow, there are so many people who are unhoused, like living on the streets. It's, it's so terrible. And you feel really upset when you see it. Same in London, when you're on the tube and people walk down and they try and mm. talk to you. And then suddenly you just, you kind of have to, and at, as a means to like, not survive, but as a, a means, because it's like, if you think about every single person like that, you just start to feel so, so depressed But then it's also so Mm -hmm. weird to start to kind of switch off when you see that happening. It's totally
2: I always think about this Louis C.K. uh, bit where he it's like so, so, so funny. It's probably a made up story, but he said his his like niece from the Midwest or something came to New York and he went and picked her up and she got into the city and she got off a plane and she was like 18 and wide eyed. And she saw a homeless man and she went, oh my God, and ran over to him and got on the ground. And he kind of went over and was like, get up, get up. No. And she's like, wait, why? Yeah. And he says, he's like, stop doing that. And she's like, why does that man not actually need help? And she's like, he's like, no, he doesn't need help. He's like completely fucking useless. And your response is normal, but just don't do that. Yeah.
1: It's crazy. Or even I was reading the, I was reading New York Magazine the other week and they did two big features on the death of jordan neely who if you guys haven't heard of it it's the man who was Mm. choked like put in a chokehold by another passenger on the train and choked to death in new york recently and he was like known about town as he was he was definitely mentally unwell and there have been instances where he's been kind of like aggressive to people and he was unhoused and he would often be on the train and he was like a michael jackson impersonator but he was kind of he was really known in new york and then a, a man, I think he was like a former veteran or some shit. When Jordan Neely was on the train with him, literally put him in a chokehold on the ground and choked him to, to death. And all of these mm. other passengers sat around, um, either ignoring that it was happening and some helped, some like help, helped the guy hold him down. And I was like, what is, where the Jeez. fuck are we as a society that that happens and people think it's normal? And people were like, I don't know, I was like, you literally just watch someone get murdered in front of you and you guys are too thing, that that thing of, like, socially not wanting to make mm-hmm. a scene as we were just talking about when a man, like, punches the back of your seat and you don't want to make a scene or you don't know what to do, that, that people just watch that happen and sit around. It's so nuts.
2: Yeah. It is terrifying, isn't it? I mean, I think about if I was in that situation and I, like, like to think that I would be brave and say something, but I literally don't know if I would.
1: Yeah. I feel like I would, but I feel like it would be really, it would be really half-hearted. Like it wouldn't be enough, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, if someone's choking someone out, but if he'd been like arcing up and, and, and scaring people on the train and someone got up and intervened and they had them in you know what I mean? I would f- feel so confused and overwhelmed by the situation. And that in itself is terrifying because it's just like a pretty fucking black and white Thing. Yeah. yeah, this is. It's interesting, actually. I read an interview with someone I can't remember who French, who was talking about why Parisians are so come across as so obnoxious, and they were saying that there's like a bit of a, a a philosophical thing in Paris where you only have a certain amount of energy, and every like all the energy you waste on strangers you interact with, you're taking away from your people, like your family, your friends, your people at home, so they don't expel. <laughs> they view being super friendly or nice to people or like nice in public as wasting energy that they could be spending on their friends and family, which I think is interesting. I don't know if that's actually true, but it feels, feels
1: good. Yeah, I was saying, I feel, I feel like it feels true because it's like when you, it's that kind of just even extrovert thing or like introvert, extrovert thing. It's like you mm-hmm. waste, you have a limited amount of like social thing. Like I went to a big dinner on Friday night of like 40 people for a birthday and then was having so much fun. And then the next day, they're triplets. It was like a big weekend full of birthdays. The next day, (laughs) it was um, a big lunch with with the same amount of people. And I was like, I'm so tired. Like I have no good chat. Mm -hmm. I'm just not being funny. Like it's all gone from last night.
2: Yeah. And then I've we've probably both done this before where you expend all that energy yeah, on being like the jester at the party. Then you come home and you're like <laughs> irritable with your partner. The and you're the like, party. that's <laughs> the j- <laughs> court. <jester laughs> doing a little song and dance. Yeah. And then you come home and you're exhausted for days.
1: Yeah. Just on. She said again, very briefly, Frank from Succession yes. makes a cameo. Carrie Mulligan is fucking incredible. Zoe Kazan is also amazing, but Carrie Mulligan is just like the fucking best. Some guy tries to hit her in in a bar and she just goes nuts at him. I was like, yes. (laughs) He came over and came over again. She was like, just fuck off. And he was like, okay, man. And then she was like, just fuck off. I was like, yes yes and yes yeah I forgot what a legend Gwyneth was even though I know she's obviously famous and rich and protected compared to the other women who had signed all these NDAs and were like scared for their lives and finances but her speaking to them and just putting her name out is iconic same with Ashley Judd obviously and Rose McGowan but very good flick
2: yeah I have to watch it I think when it came out it almost suffered from like you said us just feeling so like morally exhausted by that story that it was almost just seemed like an unpleasant way to spend 2 hours but it's obviously like so important
1: yeah it was yeah it was interesting cuz it just followed the way they the way they did it and they're just really good actors but i agree i feel like everyone was just like we know so much about this so
2: Been reading about this all day, immersed in dupes, very interested by this topic.
1: Yes. So, the cut did, the cut's got a whole, doing a whole series on dupes at the moment, which is kind of interesting because it's, um, comes after we've been talking about the same thing where I said, A, at Fashion Week, how I was noticing the girlies wearing pieces from Zara. Which was surprising me because they were all like fashion editors and stuff. And I was like, oh, I didn't know we, I didn't know we shopped high street girls. And then, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then also, yeah, what I said to you about how a friend of mine who wears, who's similar, like in the fashion scene, wears lots of designer stuff and then had, was wearing a dupe AliExpress version of a little like, Loewe vest, Loewe logoed vest. And I was like, oh, wow. Um, and then the question came up of, yeah, of dupes as a whole. Why? I don't, I don't know why I feel – I was just like, why do I feel too scared to wear dupes? And I was like, it's not even because I, um, like, feel this – I don't know, feel like designers shouldn't be – obviously independent young designers, like, of course – It's not even that I'm like, oh, a pair of whatever, the the row really expensive ballet flats, Zara doing a version for cheaper. It's not even like I feel above that morally. It's just that I feel like I'm too jade to pull it off. I would feel embarrassed by it for me.
2: This is like, yeah, the biggest takeaway from reading about this is that you – the, the dupe thing showcases a very high level of like confidence in yourself and your style. And it made me think a lot about how we use clothes and like labels in particular as a defense mechanism and as a barrier <laughs> and as a way to feel more confident and assertive walking through the world because we feel like we have some we feel like wearing certain things confers some, like, legitimacy on us as people, which is quite fucked up when you think about it. <laughs> I didn't realise how much I'd internalised that message that fashion sends. And, for example, a girl in what I think was a quite a random article with a very good concept at its core, where she wore dupes, all dupes, to that party. Mm. Um. Basically, talked about how she wore dupes first to a workout class. And she said, I'm worried, I'm worrying that someone will come in wearing the exact same aloe top as me, and the telltale signs that I'm wearing a cheap imitation will only become all the more apparent. It's not until this moment that I realize how much my desire to shop big brands also seems to be about not wanting to be viewed as a fraud. I can suddenly see how my quest for personal authenticity has become tied up in some sort of perverse moralizing around my shopping ethic as though wearing a logo somehow makes me more worthy of my workout peers, respect or praise. And I was like, damn.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I know I've, I've got those leggings, the uh, the Lululemon Amazon ones.
2: They're they're dupes of Lululemon or they're just. They're dupes of Lululemon. Nice. I feel like you got to be pretty eagle-eyed to spot a workout dupe or is that a bit of a fitness girly no, thing? No, to... I,
1: I, it was literally like when I fell and <laughs> scraped my knee and ruined my expensive leggings, my friend was just like, oh, just buy these off Amazon, they're the same. But it's funny because, they, it's, it's funny because I don't – the thing about it was I just wanted some new good leggings, but because they're Lululemon dupes, they have like a fake Lululemon <laughs> symbol on the back. <laughs> Which I hate because I'm just like, get that off. I doesn't it doesn't need to be we don't need to be pretending to be Lululemon here.
2: Yes. Yes. I think that's the core problem is when you feel like it's you when you feel like you're trying to trick people into thinking it's something else. I think that's when the moral like that's when the mental thing kicks in. These
1: the row dupes look very good. I wish they had them in white.
2: Very good. <laughs> I
1: want to buy some.
2: (laughs) Very good. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I was thinking that too. Back up here.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's not even... um, I feel like when someone shows you a good dupe, I don't feel above it when it's something like this because it's just like another brand who's done similar... Sometimes you buy that shit without even knowing. Like those um, shoes... Basically, I got to my boyfriend's house in London and realized I did have some... And in positive news, some clothes at his house that I thought were all gone in the suitcase because I'd asked him like 700 times if there were any clothes at his house. And he just kept saying no because he couldn't be bothered looking. Then I found like a whole (laughs) pile of shit, including like my trench coat that I thought was gone, some boots, some shoes. and But I found one shoe (laughs) of this brand, this New York brand called Grey Matters that I bought in like 2016. And they're really cute. And they're kind of like heeled ballet flats, which is what I'm after at the moment. And then I realized, like, very shortly after that they're dupes or ripoffs of old Celine, of, like, the exact same old Celine shoes, even with down to the color of the heel. But when I bought them, I didn't know. And I was like, that's so funny. Mm. And they were they were like $400 US at the time.
2: This is the thing. The designer-designer stuff, we're too far in the weeds with shit. And this is our problem with it, is we pretty much anything you go into Zara or H&M and see, we like could give or take trace it to what it's referencing, not every single time, but like as a vague trend thing. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I think obviously all other brands are looking to these big luxury brands for inspiration and these big luxury brands cost a completely insanely prohibitive amount of money, like thousands and thousands of dollars. So there just has to be by the rule of economics, like variations of that created at different price points. Yeah. So it's, it, yeah, there's, there's like no, like the dupe, the, calling it dupe is interesting because it's almost like this way that people are, are reclaiming that and making it cool instead of just making it a thing that's always existed.
1: Yeah, because dupes, wait, what is the word that we used to say?
2: like
1: knockoffs and dupes makes it sounds dupes makes it sounds like you're savvy because you've gone and found a really good deal for something yes somewhere and you're and actually in actual fact that's when you're not again ripping off an independent designer that's actually so much cooler to see someone wearing a really cool pair of mary janes and for you to be like where are they from and for them to just be like this random shop online like I would go and buy that happily I think it's because I, I think it's because I'm not deep enough to do like the searching this
2: is why we need to bring back I was thinking this a lot because when I was in Stockholm I did a bit of in-person shopping and I was just thinking about how I think a lot of this stuff would be solved by in-person shopping because if you're in person you could go in see a pair of shoes that look like a pair of shoes you like look at them feel them see yeah. that, like the quality is amazing and they look incredible and then see the price and say oh my god amazing this is so perfect whereas with online there is so much smoke and mirrors and so much stuff you buy online is horrific when you buy it in per when you get it in person that i always just feel like it's not even worth the trouble i just assume that anything that is cheaper than the original thing will be so much lower quality but I, I know that that's not true, but it's just so much harder to discern if you're not seeing it in person or if you haven't been recommended it by someone who you trust saying, no, this is really good. Yeah, exactly. Trust me.
1: I think that's why it's taking off so hard on line because everyone's just everyone's just taking the wrecks like I'm clicking on this cut piece and then clicking through to the links and being like, maybe I'll buy this.
2: It does promote such a. Like this, I actually just wrote a piece about this, like this culture of everyone having the same taste. Everyone kind of looking the same and everyone, I've been thinking about it in the context of houses, like interior design just feels like we're all just morphing into some version of the same person. because of the internet yeah i know do you think that's true or do you think that's not not actually true
1: Mm, i just think it i think sometimes it's very easy to get to very easy to think that what's in your orbit is what's happening everywhere which Mm -hmm. which i think is nice to remind ourselves that it's kind of more just our references and yes there's a whole section of like women like us who who are buying the same stuff and and like the same art and are seeing the same whatever vases and sofas. But at the same time, there's like such a huge group of women who aren't, who are just in a completely different, I don't know. It helps me to, to feel better when I'm feeling depressed about like the state of the world to realize that it's just one, I think we're in such a specific group, especially with working in this industry that yeah you like it's so stupid because I was saying to my boyfriend the other day I was looking for a wedding guest dress and I was looking online and I was just like I hate everything I hate everything la 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 and then um basically was then looking at vintage dresses like John Galliano Dior like old 1996 Dolce & Gabbana spring summer such an insane collection love was looking at them and being like like googling it and the dresses were coming up on first dips for six thousand pounds and then i was getting mm-hmm. depressed because i was like i literally go oh my god i'm so depressed i wish i could just afford this and i was, and i was like I, it makes me depressed that people can just afford this and my boyfriend was like who can just afford that and i was like bella hadid <laughs> and he was like bella hadid is not she's not a person <laughs> like stop thinking about those people yeah. that you follow on Instagram and all those accounts who have like all this expensive shit and celebrities as being like your peers. So you should, you feel gypped that you can't afford a dress that they like Kendall Jenner wearing that cute little Dolce & Gabbana two piece um, floral, like tan floral set to Kourtney Kardashian when she was like in Italy for Kourtney Kardashian's wedding. I was like, I want to wear that. And then I was just like, it's so weird how the internet makes you feel as though, like it's so parasocial in a really kind of gross lifestyle creep way that it's nice to Mm -hmm. remember that just take me back to Hastings yet again. Take me back to Hastings off the internet. I just want to hang out on the farm and forget about any of this shit.
2: Yeah. Forget about any of this shit or like totally everything you just said. I think about that in terms of my apartment so much because I moved house. I had no furniture and I was like, how do you – what does an apartment look like? And every single thing that I bought for my apartment is a fucking Instagram thing. And I hate it. And I look at it and it feels so detached from, like, who I am and what my taste is. It's, like, beige, brown ins- – I can, like, name the fucking accounts that I've saved to get shit off. And it feels so personalityless. And I was just thinking that what we have done as humans – obviously there's always been trends there's always been whatever but what we've done as humans at every other point up until the last 10 years is i need furniture for my house i'm going to go to three or four desert, like furniture stores that are near my house and walk around with my partner and look at the couches that happen to be in the store and pick one that i like that fits and blah 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 and then that and then build around that and it's what catches your eye in the store and what you think is kind of fun and cool and like it's is being in touch with your instincts and your Taste as an individual um, in this really nice, just more personalized way. And I think now I come to so many things from a place of fear of getting it wrong, like this idea that there's a right way to do things like in many different realms, but say aesthetic things because social media is so aesthetic, feeling like, I just need to figure out the right things to get yeah, <laughs> as dictated by online. And then I'm just like, it's miserable. Yeah.
1: And that's the exact same with like the dupes thing. It's like, everyone's just looking to everyone mm-hmm. else. But I guess we always have, we've always looked at these, these people, these specific people that have taste and wanted to emulate that all the way back. But yeah, I think it's just now because it's so shoved in our faces all the time, it's hard to get any time away from that it's hard to yeah it's hard to like actually figure out what Mm -hmm. it is that you want outside of it because I'm I'm similar like when I moved to LA well when I moved to LA I was just like I did I did it well no yeah I basically moved to LA and I was like I want a really 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 comfy couch that I'm just gonna lie in and watch movies on all Mm -hmm. the time and I want to be plush and comfy but ended up getting like the comfy couch, like the comfy <laughs> couch that everyone
0: mm-hmm. has,
1: mm-hmm. and I don't regret the couch yet. But again, it's like white and kind of I don't know. And that I had like already got a white rug because I thought I was gonna co- get a get a coloured sofa, and now my house is very white, which I'm like doesn't really feel like me. But then, what does? I think it was also when you're not super clued up on shit like that, and you and it's just kind of, I don't know, it's really easy to just lean on what someone else is saying because you're like, well, I am not an expert in that area. But it's also, you don't need to be an expert in that area. You just need to pick shit you actually like. It's like with art. I feel like I know nothing about it at all. Yeah. So I don't even want to buy some art because then you will feel like you're an idiot if you buy art that's not nice, not good. But then it's just like, that's determined by whether you like it or not really like obviously there are some you can study it and there are some ways to tell whether fine art is is like technically good or not but it's just like the fucking whole point of it is whether you like it or not
2: a hundred percent it's in that the rick rubin one of the interviews I listened to with him and he was just someone was asking him about taste I think I've already said this before but he was just like taste is just you go into an art gallery and which which painting do you like more that's just it like just take that approach and apply it to your life just don't overthink it go into a shop and be like do you like that couch or that couch more that couch you like that one or that you know and just follow that instead of that I feel like so many decisions at least I make in regards to this shit is this coming from this this place of like fear of getting it wrong instead of joy at getting something that you're you just really like yeah but it's not in a vacuum like you say everything is informed like everything you do is informed by the outside world so it's like <laughs> yeah ex- no
1: exactly that's why it's like you have to interrogate why when you go into a store and you're like this one over this word, why that is and often if you delve deep enough into my tiny brain it's because i've seen it in like the background of Rosalia's instagram or something <laughs> i I wanted to talk about drew but i feel like we'll save her for patreon because she's the patreon pea brain queen
2: she is the pea brain queen love her
1: anything else on on dupes to say other than where can i buy some ballet flats that have a little heel that aren't the marjala tabby ones in white
2: I think you should get those.
1: But I feel like I'll just get over them really quickly. Again, like, it's like it's funny with the Magella tabbies in white, the little ballet pump with the heel. I don't even want them. I kind of don't want them because they're Magella, Because <laughs> I don't want to be wearing an outwardly designer designer thing, but that I can't find any that are quite as cute online. But I need to just look harder. Get into dupe talk.
2: Yeah, find a dupe. (laughs) Do the reverse image search that that girlie mentioned.
1: What else?
2: Yeah, what else? Yeah, that one where that girl, I was just a bit confused by it because it seemed like such a good idea. That girl who went to the meow party and wore that, like, little pink, y dress and she was kind of trying to investigate whether people noticed or like kind of judged her for it but it just seems such a random assortment of things to pick
1: like as in did she think people just obviously didn't think it was chanel that's what
2: i mean i'm like it's a random and like even if yeah because you go to meow is like very cool kind of brand and it's also a, a a moderately priced brand if the purpose is to see if you can go to a fashion party and wear dupes and if people actually notice the difference, you'd think you'd target it to that audience or something, you know what I mean?
1: Go to a Chanel party in it.
2: Yeah, but then I'm like, in what world is anyone ever going to think that's Chanel? Like, (laughs) it'd be better to – No, (laughs) yeah. No one would think that, like it's it's better to pick something like the row shoes and like a, I don't know what another example is, a few different things.
1: Well, yeah, the, the, the logo, what I was just saying, like the logo tops get like knockoff Loewe, mm. get a knockoff Loewe flower dress.
2: And also even then I'm like, what's the point? Like what you trick someone into thinking it's it's real, what then? Fashion people are dumb, like it's, I don't yeah.
1: know. But I was even saying to this, cause I was like trying to figure out what to wear to this stupid wedding. And then I was just like, I should just go full circle and wear like a Zara dress. <laughs> yeah. And then some, someone would be like, where did you get that? And I'll just be like, Zara, you're the dumb one for not for spending more money on stuff. It is like, who is the yeah. fool here? Really? The people spending thousands and thousands of dollars on things or the people getting it for cheaper and, investing
2: (laughs) well someone someone said in the comments on the cut piece like this dupe culture is what's driven up the price of luxury stuff and I think that that's very true Mm. I think I've thought about this and talked to people about this a lot just the difference in price on designer items over the past like post pandemic is truly insane and I think a huge reason for that is they just need to People will pay it, A, and, 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 you know, like the wealthy became a lot wealthier in the pandemic and you need to differentiate yourself by pricing the majority of people out of your staff.
1: So I didn't even buy a dress for the wedding. I was gifted ages ago and picked this really nice Christopher Esbe dress and then forgot about it. And forgot to get it in Sydney and then it just arrived in London and it's really nice and I'm just gonna wear oh. that
2: a gift from heaven a gift from God I
1: know and it feels that feels so nice as well because it's like you hunt around you're like oh I've got to spend all this money wedding guess wedding stuff is so in- intense I was like I don't even have that many weddings coming up and for this one in Italy I was just like what am I gonna wear what am I gonna wear thinking about having to spend all this money on a dress and then also having to get shoes to match it, I do think like rental stuff, rental sites for that sort of shit is is why rental sites are so popular for people renting nice dresses yes. for those occasions.
2: Yeah, because you want to feel special and unique, and you want to wear something unlike anything you've worn before. But it's such a silly purchase. Yeah,
1: I was like looking at Jacquemus dresses, and I was like, when is when is Isabel Truman ever going to wear a Jacquemus dress again? <laughs>
2: where are you going in a beige
1: meal yes <laughs> me and like a Kate Middleton wedge <laughs> um. I love it okay we must go okay, girlies. I'm gonna get some get some food somehow it feels confusing in a new city I'm like where does one get food here
2: where is food <laughs> the food in New York's the best pizza and bagels but nice
1: Went out for pasta last night to St. Ambrose or something in the West Village.
2: I literally went there with Callum. Did you? Isn't the pasta like the fucking best? Like I'm not even a pasta girl. Did you get cacio e pepe? No, I got something with tomato and it was like a flavor explosion. So
1: yum. (laughs) Yeah, went with my friend Stephen, got dirty vodka martinis and then wine and burrata, cacio e pepe, pomodoro. And it was so fucking delicious. They came around and they were just like, we had had three choices for the bread, sunflower, ciabatta, or whole meal. And I was like, this is a special place. I also looked so disgusting. I came straight from the plane and went straight to his house and like got changed and then went out to this fancy restaurant for dinner. And I was like, and and then I like shocked myself when I caught myself in the mirror later because I thought I was like sexy and (laughs) free and fun (laughs) in New York. And then I was like, you need to be put in jail.
2: Who is that woman? Um, okay. Well, enjoy. Ciao, ciao. I'll see you tomorrow. Boy. Ciao,
1: ciao.
3: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.